Welcome to the Food, Family and Friends podcast, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. Now it's time to join your host, Vanessa Baxter. Good morning, welcome, welcome. It's Vanessa Baxter here again and you're on the Food, Family, Friends podcast. It's kind of funny because I've been thinking, you know, for F's sake, that's what this is all about. Come on, we love food. We love healthy living. We love just being passionate about what we do. And today we've got a couple in the studio, Alan and Vicky, and they've set up a blog, Cast Iron Cookie. It's going nuts, which is awesome for them. She's a photographer. He's the foodie, but she had to go dairy-free, and she loves food. Um, Actually, her favourite food is cheese, which is a bit sad when you have to go dairy-free. But they've come together with all this passion around their food and their photography and the life choice they've needed to make around food and created a blog, a fantastic Instagram profile around this. So let's welcome them into the studio and welcome you guys for listening again too. Let's just get into this. Alan and Vicky, <laughs> welcome to the studio. Yeah, Sorry you. that I was running late, but I gave you an opportunity to go and try some yummy food out there that you weren't expecting. Exactly. So. It's perfect. Perfect, cool. Seeing as you love food, it was probably a good excuse to go and try someone else's cooking. Yeah, we managed, we managed. So, hey, guys, it's very exciting to have you in the studio because I've been watching you online and I'm quite proud of you. I'm thinking, my gosh, you guys have only really just started this whole blogging thing and you've got the most stunning photos and all the feedback online is extraordinary. So the food's looking pretty delicious from what we can see on our side and... uh, uh, it's really exciting to see such progress so, so quickly. So let's, t- yeah. you know, tell some of our listeners a little bit, A, eh? you know, what are you calling yourselves? Why are you here? What are you doing? And share your story. Who's going to go first? Because yeah. you're looking at each other <laughs> thinking, <laughs> who's right. going to start the story? Vicky, introduce yourself. Tell Hi. us Tell us what it's all about. Um, I'm Vicky. Um, basically, I'm, I've been on a journey for a while with regards to my body image and weight loss and all sorts of things but um that's not entirely what the blog is about um I quit dairy about 18 months ago and um realized there was very small amount of uh I guess online resources for people who were dairy free but not necessarily vegan loads of awesome vegan websites which are great as well but um, so Alan's always loved food. He's the foodie. He's massively into it. He's a sh- he's the town chef in our house and um, he does all the cooking. Um, so he's always done all that and I've always kind of wanted to write. So um, we kind of came up with this whole, well, let's just put our recipes online. Um, and that's just where it really started. And, yeah, so. So tapping into what you've just said, Alan, when – Vicky suddenly said, sorry, I'm actually dairy free and you're the one who's cooking in the house. You know, (laughs) was that a challenge? Was that a challenge for you to take up with great momentum or were you a bit like, oh my goodness, now I have to cook dairy free? Um, I suppose there are two parts to that. One is that she was dairy free, so I could still have pizza. (laughs) <laughs> with lots of cheese on it yeah yeah so so her inability to eat cheese didn't didn't stop me um but the second thing is that i absolutely love cooking so i don't know any idea of a uh, challenge is is not something i really 
mind, I suppose. So it just made it a little bit more interesting in the kitchen, you know. Um, and and once you start cooking dairy free, aside from a few select things like parmesan cheese or you know a good cheesecake um it's not that hard to get around you know so i guess for me because i've got kids so a lot of my family-based meals tend to be with dairy because we don't have an issue in our house so i'm thinking lots of things with a bechamel sauce because it's just so easy and filling uh, or loads of cheese in layers of things because, you know, the kids love it. And if I do loads of roasted veggies with lots of layers of cheese, they'll eat it. And I'm thinking, yeah, they've got Brussels sprouts in there and they don't even realise. <laughs> so, uh, so as a mum, without having to worry about food allergies, the thought of having to lose dairy out of my entire repertoire of family meals would be quite tricky. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um that's a fair point on the bechamel sauce. I know the bechamel <laughs> sauce is like the ultimate comfort food I with all that cheese. milk. You do yeah, miss cheese. I, do. I, I mm, think I think the key is from what I found is as long as you're cooking good food, you know, if you're putting the effort in, the food tastes good. You don't actually really need to hide it that much. Now I don't have kids. We don't have kids, I should say. Um, so that's really easy for me to say that. Uh, the times that we have cooked for children in recent history have generally been sweet things. Yes, they like the chocolate cake. Sure. They were, they were fans of that. Or, sure. the, or the birthday cake. And the, and the hand pies. <laughs> oh, yes, the hand pies. The hand pies went down yeah. well. Um, um, but, yeah, look, um, if you're cooking good food, then it's then it generally doesn't matter. No, that's true, you because know? you're not focused on what you're missing out on. You're just enjoying the flavours of what you are eating. Yeah, now that said, um, bacon is a good alternative all right so rather than cover your vegetables in bechamel sauce if you fry them in bacon oh i tend to add bacon a lot too (laughs) i lived in indonesia for six years six years without bacon when we hit singapore after indonesia we went bacon and pork completely crazy (laughs) so i think if vicky was vegetarian and dairy free then that would be difficult Mm. Or even yeah, a, we yeah, use so a lot at, of at that point you're effectively vegan, I suppose, aren't you? Depends if you had eggs or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's when the difference really comes in. So you can have eggs. So yeah. you do use eggs. So it's just really dairy-free is what you're yes. focused on. Yeah. So that's really cool. And what, what is it about food? Like, how did you suddenly decide that you, you know, have you always loved food and you've always loved cooking? You're not a chef, are you? No. I mean, by, tr- by trade. No. Um, it's something I always wanted to do when I was growing up, but... Um, I've got a skin condition like eczema so the idea of getting in a hot kitchen commercial kitchen for 10 to 12 hours a day um, never really never really gelled Um, my parents always worked full time so I suppose at the age of 11 or 12 mum was calling me at 4.30 in the afternoon um, to, to put the veggies on or to take some meat out of the freezer you know really basic stuff off the bat and I did um, an intermediate. I did like a home cooking, uh, I don't know what, what you'd call home it. Home tech nowadays, yeah. 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 Um, and, 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 and I vividly remember making this amazing, at the time, amazing pasta dish, which was just like a, a can of tomato puree and some, and some pasta and some basil 
and there was a bit of mixed spice in there and some salt and pepper and then just covered in breadcrumbs and cheese. And, and that was my speciality at 12 years old. Excellent. Yeah. It sounds pretty <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah so, it's a good family meal. So incidentally there, obviously, cheese was a key ingredient, which is a bit of a <laughs> um, Yeah, I suppose I've just... Um, it's definitely in the blood. My grandfather... I have, we have a photo at home of my grandfather, who's still around. He must be 80th birthday today, actually. Um... A photo of him a couple of years ago at the Bordeaux Bakery in Wellington. He's just finished a plate of uh, bacon and mushroom spaghetti, creamy cabanara, and he's licking the plate. And so he's like 82, yeah. 83 years old. <laughs> and he's There's a big grin on his A face. lot of the stories we hear from Granddad are um, about food. Are about yeah. food. Yeah. Mm. So, so. so this is a guy who loves his food. And um, yeah, so I suppose the... The Ellen Stewart genes are just strong. <laughs> excellent, around. excellent. Yeah. And are you working a full-time job while you're doing this? Um, up until the end of this month, I have and will be, yeah. I'll be working full-time still. But, yeah, um, so, um, yeah, we've been... So the blog started, just to finish off what was Vicky was saying, so the blog started in uh, beginning September? of September last year, so 2015. We'd just come back from a, uh, a holiday... And um, so it's been going six months, six, six seven months, eight, 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 May today. So yeah, seven months. Mm, it's um, very new. Yeah, so, yeah, we're still babies. We're still well, learning. You are babies, <laughs> but it's well, it's amazing because you've captured the attention of some pretty big uh, food uh, bloggers or websites. You know, in the states. Yeah, the the getting featured on places is very exciting. Yeah, it's yeah. really it's exciting. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, well, New, I mean, New Zealand's relatively small, so you know, with two hundred and fifty million odd Americans, whatever it is, you know, they're eighty percent of our audience. Right. Okay. So no matter how yeah. you slice it, you know, New, New Zealand with only four million people, um, the international market, especially with an online business, is always going to be substantial. Which is incidentally a big reason why the latest post we put up, which was a sort of a spring snow pea and asparagus risotto, um, minus the parmesan cheese, of course, that we launched this morning, you know, no, which is not autumn winter no. food by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and the ingredients were kind of difficult to come by. But, you know, when 80% of your audience is in the northern hemisphere, um, it makes, to it makes a wee sense bit. to focus on that demographic. You know, um, you've got to be really intentional about what you're doing, I think. Yeah, well, it sounds like you've got a good business uh, model around it as well. So there's the passion for the food, for you, the writing and the photography. Yeah. But you are trying to, you at the end of the day, from what I hear, you are trying to leave your jobs and make this your passion, your life. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So what is the journey? What are you trying to achieve? You know, what is your ultimate goal with, with doing this? I mean, you've obviously, you know, got a really good focus. So what is the focus? To travel. Yeah. So and to go and live ah, in Italy okay. for three months and still be able to blog um, mm. and produce recipes or to go wherever we want and produce food. Um, it's all about the food, really. We just want to go to Italy and eat. Oh, um, you make me feel like so I want to be younger, um, not married or not have kids again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if we can do all that around the food and we can take our audience with us, that's what you want, really, is to get mm. people who want to come with you on your journey. So. And, and how have you captured the American market? I mean, you're sitting here in New Zealand. You travelled. You came back. You decided to do it. Uh, you're sharing your journey, which is of 
giving up dairy and trying to have a different set of recipes that isn't just focused on vegan and vegetarian. So that's your sort of slight point of difference, which is awesome. You have got incredibly stunning photography. Thank you. Because everyone, I mean, as soon as you post, it's like, oh, drool. (laughs) I mean, I'm so sorry for you, Alan. The recipes are probably fantastic as well, but I'm busy producing my recipes (laughs) and going, damn it, that's a great photo on you. I take the compliment. I I, would definitely take that compliment because I picked up the camera literally in September last year. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah, so I I knew nothing and we had a good photographer friend who came around and helped me a lot and then it was just kind of take photos until you get better (laughs) and look at other people's photos and change the settings on the camera until it does what you want it to do. Yeah, I think Um. you're quite humble though because I spoke to a photographer (laughs) yesterday who had also met you and you said apparently something quite similar to her and then she deliberately started following you and she said to me yesterday, I cannot believe that girl only picked up a camera (laughs) six months ago. I've been doing this for years and her photos are insane. So Um, well done. Thank you very much. I'm definitely, I'll definitely take that one. Yeah, Yeah. definitely (laughs) take that. And I think, you know, how fantastic for you that you obviously do, you know, quite naturally have picked that up and and are running with it well because that complements your writing. Um, To be able to write and produce photos just gives you leverage then with magazines and things um, for writing in the future. Is that part of the aim? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, Oh, I mean, I have to give full credit to Alan. Alan makes the pictures uh, yeah, easy because he makes pretty food. Yeah, just on that, I mean, on the magazine thing, though, Vicky has got an interview in the next couple of weeks for a magazine. Um, yeah. And, and so we are definitely actively approaching people like that and, and people are very receptive to us. So. Well, it's yeah. in line with what you're doing, I yeah. guess. So it's complimentary. Yeah. Yeah, to be doing complimentary be doing, doing things like this. Things. This is exciting. I know. This is so, <laughs> so well, exciting. It's exciting for me too. It's really exciting because I get to meet lots of different people who are passionate about food and love food and cooking, but of, you know, heading down different areas. And yeah. I think, you know, you're like part of the new breed and for us oldies, um, you know, when I was your age or whether it was your age or just in your situation prior to having kids, you know, I was traveling with my boyfriend who then became my husband and we were in Indonesia and I think of all the amazing places that we went and all the extraordinary food that we did eat and experience, but it's all on old photos that we then had to go and get printed. Uh, Nothing was digital. There was no internet. I remember sitting in Jakarta and eventually getting a computer and a dial-up tone in (gasps) Jakarta. Outstanding. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And And it took ages to link up and it kept falling out because it was Jakarta. I mean, let's get real. It kept falling, but we didn't care. But we didn't even know what to search. It was like, what do we search on this thing? Of course, all you were really doing was just emails. You just sent emails. It was so exciting to actually be able to send a letter that you wrote and they might actually get it the same day. But then I had to, you know, (laughs) teach my parents email because I didn't, no one had it. It's so bizarre. And I look at the world now and what you guys are doing, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's different opportunities for different people at different stages. So it's, you know, cool to be able to join you on your journey because I can't yeah. do that anymore. But yeah. I'm, like, really excited for you guys. It's yeah. A, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. We were having a conversation with my parents about a week ago. They were up for the weekend. Um, and, you know, Dad was saying, well, how would you do this 10 years ago? Or however long ago the mm. case may be. And the answer is, broadly speaking, you probably wouldn't. No. You know, without the internet there to enable that. I mean, 10 years ago, 2005, you probably could have. Don't get me wrong. Um, well, you would have been very clever, you yes. know. Yeah, there yeah. are people who, yeah. I mean, I remember someone saying to me years and years ago, 
why don't you put some of the, your knowledge on the internet? And I just looked at him blankly like, what are you talking about? I really didn't get – he said, no, people will pay you for your information. I just didn't understand at all what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. They were the front runners definitely, but, um, it, I mean, general consumption-wise, it just wasn't the – The barriers no. to entry yeah. were a lot higher That's 10 true. years ago though. You know, if mm. you think about, you know, just WordPress, which is the platform that our website is – sits on is you know the the level of coding that you had to do correct 10 years ago um the level of technical knowledge that you had to do had to have i should say uh was a lot higher i mean these days i mean i look i'm the worst coder you'll find quite frankly but i somehow managed to make it work and and we recently had a few issues that were beyond our capability and we spent um 200 total getting it sorted to get it sorted you know, mm. um, and, and to us, the idea of, you know, $200 for something that we would have never fixed. Yeah, and if we much. could have fixed, it would have taken us hours, you know. Except, um, yeah, and you want to be in the food cooking. You want to yeah. be cooking, yeah. you want to be writing, yeah. tasting. You don't want to be sitting worrying about the tech side of things. It drives mm-hmm. me nuts. And breaking things. I've broken the website twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's got to stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's a while since that's happened. But, the, yeah, rebuilding a, a website from scratch, even if it is a very basic website, is not a fun thing to do. Yeah. But I've done it twice. Well, well done. <laughs> because you may, if you're sitting in Italy, need to do that, you know. Let's not break it again. (laughs) Yeah, don't break it in a foreign country where they don't speak the same language. I guess just wine and grapes and pizza and... (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. That'll be the plan. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So how about you? Did you grow up in a foodie environment as well? Um, I... My parents made food um it wasn't amazing it wasn't it was just meat and free veg and we did the potatoes and stuff but one of the key things in our house was always coming home and you always sat down at the table the whole family mum dad me Mm. my brother my sister and we all went around the table and everyone had to say um what they did that day and I remember that really clearly as a kid you had to say what you did you know got up in the morning you had to go through the whole day and kind of say what you did and you weren't allowed to leave the table until everyone had a chance to do that oh really so every night we would sit down and do that and um so a huge part of my childhood yeah okay the food was just you know it was food it was food now, your but mum does a good roast oh she does a very good roast yeah and your father does, a, does very a very nice smoked lamb <laughs> yeah yeah leg of smoked lamb yeah he that was when he got his new barbecue and he got all excited yeah. he christmas got day things. Mm. It was pretty good. he was up at 4am making so food. good home food. yeah yeah just good basic awesome food but and it sounds like a really good family environment yeah. like you were sharing very around much. a table so you knew food is about family yeah that's Absolutely. what it's always been about for me is mm. food is about people. And so, and that was, that's usually probably, I hope that's come through on the way we've written about mm. the food. Like it's not just about the recipe, it's about what you have experience around the recipe. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a big part of it for us. Yeah. Like a lot of them are inspired by certain things or something that's happened or whatever the case may be. So. Yeah, I feel exactly the same. I yeah. mean, for me, it's all about what the table you know, what's happening at the table. I mean, there's plenty of times we'll sit down and eat, you know, scoff something in front of a movie because we're exhausted and it's Saturday night and that's what we're doing. But, I mean, in general, it's about bringing people together. You know, that's what food does, whether it's cultures, whether it's family, whether it's two of you, you know, sharing it. Um, Yeah, to me it's – and I was talking actually, you know, to other chefs. Um, I've spoken to Michael Meredith recently, for example, and he said exactly the same that it's all around the sharing of the food, you know, otherwise, and we all have to eat. 
So it's yeah. going to be there forever. So you may yeah. as well, you know, share it, enjoy it and, you know, bring people together around the table. Even if you can't speak the same language as them, you can share a meal with them. Exactly. Which is, yeah, which is really cool. So where have you visited? You said you just got back from a holiday. Have you, have you left New Zealand? Have you travelled overseas or is that in the plans with the, uh, <laughs> well, with the blog only? Um, the year after we got married, so 2010, we went to France. So we were there for – we were in France for three weeks and then we went to Amsterdam for a week. Can I interrupt? I assume you did not avoid dairy in France. I didn't. And I didn't. No. I didn't like, <laughs> no. No. This is Jewish. The, the dairy-free thing is quite recent. Yeah, yeah. No. I can just imagine trying to go to France and avoid dairy. It would be really hard. <laughs> yeah. And then our trip – well, our trip last year, we went around the UK and um, so we did – went to London and then over to Ireland and through Wales and things. And then we flew to Rome for a week and I did dairy three for three weeks in England. No problem. We get off the plane, <laughs> get off the plane in Rome. We, we had a private driver to our hotel, which was, I mean, to our apartment, which was awesome. We go down the road for, we're, we're starving cause it was like nine o'clock at night. We go down the road for a meal and I look at this menu and it's all in Italian and I'm like, just bring me the lasagna. I can't even anymore. <laughs> I can't even cope yeah, with no, it. No, just bring me the lasagna. So, um, yeah, the whole week in Rome I ate, I Eight cheese. There was a lot of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a. Um, you great. can find it in Italy, but it probably depends on our regions as well. I mean, if you go to South Italy, yeah. they live on seafood and they probably don't have as much dairy in their diet, but up north they definitely do. Yeah, Rome they're making buffalo mozzarella. Oh, yeah, so much <laughs> buffalo mozzarella. Um, with. What do we have with the balsamic vinegar and the, the tomatoes? 20 oh. year age balsamic vinegar. Yeah. And so good, so good isn't amazing it? Amazing yeah. tomatoes and just a piece of nice crusty bread. Mm. Um, and yeah, the fresh cheese. Or the, so, a- or the aged cheese, whatever you're exactly, looking at. You know, it's just exactly. Exactly. So Pecorino and. Uh, oh, yes. Sorry, Vicky, we won't do okay. on dairy. Is it terrible when someone tells you what they can't have and it's all you can, oh, think, you can think about? about. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, awful. Yeah. It's so she, awful. I think she's fairly used to that by now. Yeah, I get. Um, I, cheese is probably the one thing that I'm a bit. I, I miss cheese because it's, mm. it's not something that I've found easily replaceable in terms of just a piece of cheese. Like, there are things you can kind of mix into food or make kind of a cheesy sort of thing. but um, Or a creamy. Creamy yeah, textures sure. and things yeah. like that. But um, you can't just have a piece of cheese. Mm. Um, like whipped cream is really, really easy. Really easy. You know, milk, all that kind of yeah. stuff. I mean, we don't even have milk in our house anymore. Um, we, don't, we don't really have anything. We have no butter or anything either. Do you have a replacement? Well, I'm Milk. A, uh, milk. Like, do you have almond milk instead or something? But it entirely depends on what you're making. Depends so you on need a different milk. Yeah. <laughs> so when we did our mashed potatoes, for example, we tested a whole bunch of different milks. So mm. we tried oat, we, we did a whole post about this, oat milk, soy milk, coconut cream, which was a bad plan. Um, because it tasted gross. <laughs> it just tasted like coconut. 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 And it was yeah. too sweet. Um, and then we got we get everyone in the house. So my sister um, is planning with us and we get her to try it and we get other people to come around and try and we note which ones are best and who likes what. Oh, good on you. So you don't just straight out replace things generally because unless you know you've tried it before, mm. um, you've got to work out which one works best. I think in the cinnamon buns we did two different non-dairy milks. Yeah, we did uh, coconut milk and almond milk. Interestingly, that almond milk gave it a chewiness. Chewier texture. Yeah, which was unusual. So it all changes. There's a lot of testing. It's great fun. Well, that's what I was just going to yeah. ask. There's a lot of testing by the sound of it. Yeah. So to come up with a recipe like your cinnamon buns, I mean, how many 
shots at cinnamon buns. <laughs> I ate you? so many cinnamon <laughs> buns. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it was four uh, batches of them. Yeah. Mm. So what I would say is that it gets easier the more you do it. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm no professional chef, but I've been in the kitchen for God, 20 years now. Um, so I suppose you get a feeling for what's going to work a lot of the time before you go into it. Um, so then you're only testing, you know, once you know the, the basics, change. you're only testing the unknowns. Um, so generally we would try, we would work on a recipe over the course of a week sometimes. Um, and if it was, if it wasn't working, then maybe over the course of say two to three weeks. And so we would make a recipe, the least we would do it would be three to four times and and then the tikka masala. Yes. I probably made that upwards of 10 or 12 times. What did you do with all the tikka so, masala? So we, we eat it for lunch and dinner. Okay. And, and freeze it, it and have yeah. it. Okay. Force fed it down anyone who would come across to me. Do you want to come around and try some tikka masala? Oh, because that, that's what I struggle with. I mean, I'm, I hear you completely because obviously I can cook, but I'm not a chef either. But I know, I mean, I can read a recipe and know you know, someone else's recipe and go, yep, yeah, no, that looks good. Yeah, that's going to yeah, work. Or I'll go it. online and quickly check and, and a recipe will come up and I'm like, really? They've put that online? That's clearly not going to be very nice. You know, I can just tell straight away not to copy that recipe or even yeah. get inspired by it because, you know, you're looking for inspiration from other people all the time. So that's, I agree, when I'm testing something, I'm only really kind of maybe changing something or playing with it, you know, adding different vegetables in. Is that going to work? Are the tastes going to complement? Mm. But I'm not really worried about the technique of it. I'll tend to be doing something that I probably already know um, because I'm not starting from scratch because I'm not a chef and I'm not, you know, yeah. literally having someone deliver new things to my door to play an experiment with. Yeah. yeah. But so it still takes time. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, there, there, there are two standard problems we come across. One is it needs to taste really good. You're not going to put it on the blog if it tastes... Average, yeah, no, average. No. Um, yeah. Um, so it, it needs to take. It needs to be a really good recipe. The, um, the the second thing is that I tend to cook without a recipe, and what I mean by that That's right. is that I will cook a meal, and we'll have friends around, and they'll turn to me and say. That's outstanding. What's in that? And I'll say, Ooh. I'm not sure. Quite a few things from my pantry. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, so, that's so exactly very yeah. similar. Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes, sometimes you're working on the recipe because it just doesn't taste right, and sometimes it does come together faster than others. And other times you have to remake the recipe because, despite how good it tasted the last time, you need to create a recipe to put online, and you don't know what the recipe is. So you've got to figure it out. Yeah. What was it? Was it the chocolate cake that you completely lost and had to rebuild from uh, scratch? Yeah. Um, so. The chocolate cake that we've got online is a really, really nice chocolate cake. And I'm pretty sure it's as good as the chocolate cake that I made a month before it. <laughs> but I'm not 100% confident on that one. Because, the first one was because just... Because the recipe was written down somewhere and then just disappeared. Don't you hate that? I know I also find, because I do have kids, and so they might come in and interrupt or whatever, or I've you know screwed up my timing, so I'm going too late in the after school, they're already home. Yeah. And I've got some on bits of paper. I've got some in a notebook. I've put some as a voice recording so that I don't lose a bit. But oh, that's then good. I forget, like idea. I use my iPhone to do voice recording, so, oh, I've just sweated off the onions for 20 minutes and then I've decided I'm going to add in X, Y, and Z whatever it is but then I might finish it off by taking a couple of photos and then it might be 
a couple of days later and I sit down and I go, where on it? I know I did it. I know I've got all of this, <laughs> yeah. but do you think I can find? And then I'm going through voice recordings. And, yeah. Yeah. Voice recording is a good one, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So you can talk at it as, you know, you just go record and talk as you do it. So could you do that in the kitchen with a frying pan and a fan mm. going though? Yeah, you can. It's pretty good. Mm. It's not a bad idea. The other Especially thing is headphones. If you're home, if you're, if you're just doing it. Just put your headphones and talk into the, you know, the headphones that have got the little speaker thing and you can just talk into that and record yeah, as you go. That's a good idea. She's onto it. There you Usually go. Usually we just have a million post-it notes. Yes. Headphones <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. And we've got a whiteboard. Mm. Oh, so we've got well a whiteboard done. up now. Oh, you guys are sorted. I yeah. like it. I do have a much better memory than most people, to be fair, which is nice. But that doesn't oh, always Oh, how work. impressive, Alan. <laughs> well, it's just it does make things a lot yeah, easier. Does, There's sure. no doubt about it. Um, but the whiteboard is quite cool. So we got yeah. that a couple of months ago. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, and, and so because we spend a lot of time in the kitchen, right? Mm. Um, and when we're in the kitchen, you're in the middle of cooking and you think, oh, what about this? You know, uh, That's when your ideas are being yeah. processed. So whenever yeah. we're cooking, we're constantly brainstorming. Mm. And, and so we, we just, you're Vicky's right, we had a lot of post-it notes here all over the place because we would just write things down. Yeah, me too. And they would just disappear. So we got the whiteboard. Um, Great idea. And yeah, yeah. So you just constantly, whenever you're cooking, you think of ideas, you just write them on the whiteboard. And then come, you know, Wednesday, Thursday night, when you're thinking about what you're going to cook for the blog over the weekend. You just refer to the board, and there are all mm. these great ideas on there. So we we, we <laughs> tend to it. we tend to photograph on Sundays, so that's just kind of because we work all day. Unless it rains, yeah. like it did for the last three last days, days. <laughs> and you don't get good light. Yeah. yeah, lighting is a problem. Mm. But um, so we will on Saturday mornings. We usually go out for brunch and have a meeting between the two of us, and we'll just go get inspired somewhere and eat for good food, and um, work out okay, what is our plan for tomorrow? What are we going to do? And then we'll um, have Saturday afternoon off because you've got to. Some time off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so try to switch off a little bit and just back away. And then Sunday is work day. So that's when we do Alan will bake or do whatever we're doing and then we'll photograph it all. Daylight savings has been a bit of a pain, to be Daylight honest. Daylight savings does make it tricky because it gets dark. Yeah. So uh, the days are short. The light is So short. you've kind of got this small, like, three-hour really good light gap if it doesn't rain. Mm. And um, you've got to cycle through the upstairs windows, which is fine, and work out where your lighting sources are, which is great fun. <laughs> a lot of cold food. Yeah, and yeah, then you've got to no. – Yeah, so then working out um, as well, you don't want your food to be too hot, and then you've got to – what are your, your side dishes and how are you setting it up? And it's great fun, but it, it, it can be quite like, oh, we did that last week or we've done that before or – It's a fascinating process, It is an though. amazing yeah. process listening to you because that – you know, I've want, I wanted to do that as the primary thing, but I don't have anyone to do it with. So my husband loves the food I produce. He's quite happy to eat it, but he doesn't really get the yeah, business so around and making a blog or something. And yeah, then I've got the yeah. kids who at the end of the day just want mum. And, you know, they're already like, really? Can we mm. just eat now? Do you have to take another photo? So yeah, do we need this? Yeah, I think it's yeah. fantastic you to have got each other and you're completely aligned but you're not both also you're not like I want to do the cooking and no. you're like but no that's my thing <laughs> you know you're like you've quite clearly got your delineated purposes around yeah. the blog and it's just a, a, it's like a really perfect marriage really isn't it it's, it's, at this point <laughs> well, it's sounding good you know, so you, far yeah, you, you, <laughs> you, you discuss and you compromise and you talk things through so the, the, the one the one sticking point for us at the moment really is editing photos yeah um, so that takes, so Vicky's the one that edits the photos at the moment. 
um, and that takes, I would say, four to six hours out of a week. Yeah. Mm. When you start with 500 photographs that you've taken of a... Um, Risotto. Risotto, right? So you start, you have 500... That's a lot of let's rice. Let's say 400 to 500 photographs and you have to look at every one because you, you might miss one. What if you missed the good one? What if you missed the money shot? So then I have to get it, then you narrow it down to maybe 20 or so. Mm-hmm. So you got to go, I'm sitting there with my pen and paper. All right, the one next one. Next one, mm. next one, next one. So, and that's the time-consuming bit. And then once you've got your twenty or so, that's usually okay. But then you have to kind of work out: Do I need to do any little bit of color management, a little bit of Lightroom? I don't like photoshopping too much. I don't like playing around too much with what's naturally there. But especially with the rain, we have had to light. I have lightened them up a wee bit sometimes, just to kind of give that. But I suppose the point brightness. is, you start off with hundreds of photos, and you finish with. Four to six. Yeah. Wow. So that's a huge process. Yeah, it's just very long process. So just, I mean, coming back to what you're saying about, you know, um, you wouldn't want to do it yourself. Um, You know, the idea of of me just doing it myself or Vicky doing the blog on her own, um, there's no doubt about it. Having two people to do it is is a lifesaver, not not just because of the distribution of work, but because of the support. You both provide each other, you know, so you you egg each other on. Like especially in the last couple of months, we've both had uh, rough days or weeks where you know just just, just not working for mm. whatever reason, you know. And having a second person there to egg you on twenty four seven, whether you want it or not, on mm. a day, you know, is 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 really good. Um, so having two of us there, having complementary skills. Um, both supporting each other and distributing the workload. Um, I, I think we would have struggled otherwise yeah. to do it. Like we really, I, I don't yeah, imagine I don't this know. would have worked otherwise. No. Not, especially not to produce the amount of content that we do to the to the level I think mm, that, we, that, you're that doing. we do. You know, yeah. those, those photos, trying the recipes as many times as you do. We do two recipe posts a week, plus Vicky does a personal post. Um, then all the social media on top of that. I know. It um, is. It's a full-time job. It really is. It's amazing. I mean, kudos to you both because it is It is so interesting to hear this and I think listeners will be blown away because a, a lot of people, you know, you just go, you search for a recipe online, don't you, as a general person. Oh, we don't need recipe books anymore. Really? Yeah, we just go online and grab a recipe. It's like, well, someone has, has to create that. Has, someone has created that. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Um, I think it's really amazing listening to you. I think that people will love this episode because they'll be like, gosh, I hadn't really thought about the amount of effort that goes into a single blog post yeah, yeah. for a single recipe, you know? We also have a lot of plates. I <laughs> bet you have a lot of plates. Because yeah. you need different plates for different foods. So I go to, yeah. to Briscoe's a lot. I bet you do. Yeah. Yeah, thank goodness for Briscoe's. Yeah. <laughs> Not that this episode is yet sponsored, but however, <laughs> we can shoulder tap them. Yeah, there's that one, um, that one large yeah. shopping board that's in virtually all of our first 10 or 15 posts. Oh, fair oh, enough. Yeah, he hates the shopping <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Yeah. We've all got to start somewhere. Yeah, so you yeah. yeah, So for capturing, I mean, you're talking about it being an online business, which is obviously what you want to achieve. How does that look? I mean, what is it that is going to, you know, create income for you from doing a food blog? For people who are listening, who are not sure, I mean, what is it? Are you trying to capture sponsors to advertise on your site? Mm. Are you trying to capture people who are ultimately going to buy 
recipes from you, books from you? What is it that is your mission to create income from what you're doing? So there are <clears throat> there are four ways, broadly speaking, you can make money online, I suppose, and in, in the blogging space. The first one is advertising, and that would be the one that most people would be most familiar with. Yeah, yeah. you go to a website doesn't have to be a food blog, any website, and you're assaulted by lots of Little advertising. Little Google ads. And yeah, ads everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And some and some websites do it well, some websites do it less poorly. well. Yeah, <laughs> poorly. Um, We're trying not to inundate our readers. Yeah, so we have we have a couple of small ads on the thing, but it's not really we're not really intentional about that at the moment. But that's that's one element. So you sell space effectively. Um, Another way is is simply to sell your own products. Now that can be most logically in our space would be a recipe book. Yeah, Um, that market is relatively saturated. You know, Mm. it's hard to walk around walk around the corner without seeing ten recipe books hitting in the face there is a lot of content in that space out there so you could sell um perhaps a course on yeah. cooking or something like that you know the, or the, photography or food blogging could, or yeah yeah we, we could end up selling our own cookies or our own cast iron how you know, did pots. you come, oh, i haven't even asked that how uh, did you come up with the name cast iron cookie um let me finish answering your question. Please and then do. I'll come back we'll to come that. back yeah. to it. So, so advertising, um, selling your own product, selling other people's products, so yeah. affiliate links. Affiliate. Yeah, pretty straightforward. I think that's one doesn't really need too much explanation, but you know, you get a cut of whatever you sell on the website. Yeah. yeah. The last one is sponsored posts, uh, and that's quite a big one, and that seems to be where um, the industry, if you want to call it, is, is sort of moving. It's not something we've we've done yet we've actually had a couple of different companies approach us um but we haven't decided to action act on them just yet um and so they will pay you in all cases it's relative to the amount of traffic on the website yeah Yeah, so they will pay you depending on how many impressions they're going to get um and they just give you a lump sum or an incremental amount depending you know over a set period of time for the number of hits you get mm. from the website. So mm. so those are the four ways. Now, Cast Iron Cookie um, is... <laughs> I like I mean, the smiles yeah. between you. It was come just, on, everyone's so, waiting. Where did this come from? <laughs> so cookies are good, all right? So it's, I mean... So cookies it's to just, eat? Yeah. or Yeah, because yeah, we've got cookies going on in the food world and we've got oh, cookies no, going on on the computer world, but we're assuming food. food. It's, it's all, all about, about food. food. Yeah, yes. So, so the website, the, the name of the website, Cast Iron Cookie, is just simply fun. Yeah. Okay. So so cast iron pans. Yep. You know, everyone needs a good cast iron pan. In their kitchen. In their kitchen. Um, and cookies in the jar. Everyone needs a cookie in their cookie jar. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's that's really all there is to it. It know. was also the available domain name. <laughs> we had a few on a list as to what uh, was Cole, available Cole, Cole, and Cole. Yeah. what sounded yeah, so good. And it took us several weeks to come up with the uh, name. Yeah, that was a really time-consuming <laughs> process. Hence the looks between yeah, you as I'm so asking many, the yeah. question. Well, there were so many ridiculous things that you kind of think about. And now I couldn't think of calling it anything else. Yeah. So you just kind of, you know, you know what it is. Once you get cool. there, I think. I think in first impressions it sounds a bit silly, but that's kind no, of the intention. I think it's really yeah. cool. Oh, cool. I think it's really cool. I think though um, some people get caught out when they go to the website and there's no recipe for cast iron cookie just yet, but there will be. Oh, that that's will a be good coming, idea. I promise. Yeah, so that's yeah, a big American thing. That. That, We're hoping for yeah. 
either the 50th or the 100th recipe <laughs> until yeah. I, when, when I get around to making like a mixture. Like a large cookie cooked in a yeah. cast iron pan like a and then you just cover it in like whatever you want, like salted caramel sauce oh and gosh, a scoop of ice cream. That is so American, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have that available eventually. Yeah, and, um, and Vicky did a really cool recipe one time where it was just like... Um, ramekin cookies. Yeah, ramekin cookies. And nice. she did, the texture of it was really soft. So it was like a cakey cookie, and so you just put a scoop of ice cream on yeah. top of that, and so straight, straight out of the, out of the oven. oven. Sounds. Actually, delicious. I have no idea what I put in them, so I'll have of to course work on not. One. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Later on, yeah. look, we could talk for hours. It's so interesting talking to you. I'm so glad you came in because it's a really different podcast, and I think it's it was so inspiring for people who are out there that want to do something similar or just want to understand what it's like behind the scenes to sort of start a food blog or, you know, to to be together and decide to give up your jobs because you want to travel and this is your way of seeing that future sort of evolve. I just think it's fantastic. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for having Before us. Before you go, though, mm-hmm. I've got a bit of a quick fire question round for you. So you're not allowed to think too much about it. you just got to give me your answer. Okay. You can both answer. Um, but, yeah, don't think too much. So it's either or's. So mussels or clams? Mussels. He would go neither. Yeah. He would go neither. Okay, <laughs> noodles or pasta? Or pasta. Noodles. Pasta. Mozzarella or pecorino? Oh, um, pecorino. You can't answer you I can't would totally go that. buffalo mozzarella. Okay, but, um, <laughs> if you could. A nice, <laughs> a nice aged hard cheese. Exactly. <laughs> Sausage or steak? Steak. Sausage. Mm. Sausage. Oh, you see? It's one of my favourites. It's a homey thing. It is. It's a comfort food, isn't it, from childhood? Yeah. Yeah. Coconut oil or olive oil? Depends. Uh, Yeah. Coconut oil. Depends. Yeah. So we we, we are big on our good healthy fats. Um, So there's coconut coconut oil. oil. We look cook a lot with coconut oil, but finishing dishes... A good olive oil goes a long way. Mm, okay. I'll let you have that then. <laughs> <laughs> Sushi or teppanyaki? Teppanyaki. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, Japanese is not a favourite. I, I don't like choosing between different foods. <laughs> oh, Alan, you've <laughs> got to play the game. Come on. <laughs> Veggies or fruit? Veggies. Mm. Oh. Oh, you're going fruit, aren't you? <laughs> Veggies. Veggies. Mm. Lemon or lime? Oh, lime. <laughs> lemon. Absolutely <laughs> lime. Going up as a no. lime. I'm lime as well. I'm with no. you. But you're in New Zealand. Like lemon trees are a dime a dozen, I right? Know. You know, limes are $400 a kilo. <laughs> I know. Gosh, they're down at the moment. Now is the time yeah. to buy the limes and whack them in the freezer. Eight or nine dollars a kilo or something crazy. Yeah. Which is so nice. It's so nice instead of $34.99, which is oh. horrifying. Uh, brunch or afternoon drinks? Brunch. Yeah, brunch, absolutely. Oh, 100%. We're big on brunch. Yeah. Cashews or walnuts? Oh, cashews. Walnuts. Walnuts. Walnuts? Because you bake with them. Yeah, cashews are so much more versatile in the cooking that we do. I'm just thinking about that walnut bread, and I'm like, I can't (laughs) say no to walnuts. Walnut and fig bread. (laughs) Yum. Sounds good. Is that on your uh, blog, is it? Walnut and fig bread, Um, or is it going to be The walnut bread is on the blog. Um, It didn't have figs in it because we... Buying figs is too expensive. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's just worn out. Bread. Five dollars a fig. Oh, yeah. dried figs are good. Dried figs are okay. Yeah. Mm. How about a favourite cookbook? Before yours is obviously yet to be published. So have you got <laughs> another one? <laughs> another favourite? Um, the most recent one I bought was called is called Meat by Hugh Fairley Whittingstall. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and that is 
like the meat bible it's truly an amazing book yeah um, and, and in particular he's got uh, there are two pages of him taking his cows um to be slaughtered um and it's just quite intense you know and it's really good because we're we're big on if you if you're gonna eat meat, you need to understand the whole process and yeah, then be sure. involved in it. Um, and 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 so that that book and his whole philosophy really embraces yeah. that. So that would be a good one. Mm. Um, I'd go with two. I like all of Dr. Libby's cookbooks because they simplify healthy eating really well. So yeah. they go with the clean eating, which is really good. Um, but I love Thug Kitchen because <laughs> Thug <laughs> Kitchen. Yeah, it's a vegan cookbook, and they also have a blog. Um, be warned, there is a lot of swearing. It is it, in the cookbook, cookbook. <laughs> and on the blog. They are um, a youngish, a youngish group of people who went vegan, and they swear a lot. But it, it, it's they've got awesome recipes. They do a really good beef and be, uh, beef and beer chili. Okay, I'll I take mean, sorry, not beef, uh, bean and beer. I was vegan. going to say vegan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're really good. Very quirky if they put beef in their yeah, cookbook. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no beef. No beef. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. I actually, on the meat thing, I've got Josh Emmett's book, Cut, which is also really good. Um, it's all about the meat and his journey as a child growing up on a farm mm. and all his meat recipes in there too. That's also a good oh. one. So maybe one Birthday day we present. can... Yeah, <laughs> or we can swap and share one day, Alan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but hey, thank you. I know you've had a long day in your full-time jobs and now you've come in to talk to me and in your mind you're thinking now we've also got to go home and write on our whiteboard and work out what we're going to do so thank you so much Emails. I really appreciate yeah. your time yeah I know thank I know it gets to all of us yeah but yeah. fantastic and I think yeah people are going to love this episode so thanks yes, for coming and sharing yeah thank absolutely. you for having us That's yes awesome. give us your website uh, obviously I'll put it in the um, intro and outro but you can go for Shall it guys I do all the, uh, okay. yeah. so it's um, www.castironcookie.com all spelt how it sounds um, and also follow us on Facebook and Instagram on Instagram you can get to see some behind the scenes stuff because I always pop in pictures of when I'm taking pictures so. and the recipes that don't work so well oh yeah sometimes Excellent. you get some of those <laughs> so um, yeah Instagram is great we're just at cast iron cookie and Facebook's the same it's just www.facebook.com backslash cast iron cookie fantastic awesome I'm sure lots of people will go and visit having heard That's you right. online yeah thank you so much guys thank you right, cheers Well, if you're a listener and you've thought about blogging, writing a website, trying to get followers on Instagram, trying to capture markets around the world with your passion, that would have been an awesome episode for you to listen to. Very thoughtful, very um, not serious to, well, serious to a degree. Alan is quite serious, but I love those guys. They have really taken their passion to the point that they are determined that they're going to make their life out of it uh, together, which is really cool. Once again, have a great weekend. If you've listened to me before the weekend, have a great week until we catch up again next time. Thanks so much for listening. Ciao. Food, Family and Friends podcast, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. 